You're listening to the Coaching Matrix Private Podcast. Is ready to get vulnerable? Just kidding. It's going to be good. It's not like I'm going to be crying or anything. I'm, I'm really not. It's just for fun. Okay. So I might this, cry. You're going to, who said they're going to cry? You're going to cry. Brooke, you can cry. It's okay. <laughs> um, so today I'm going to be sharing five mistakes, five lessons and five things I'm doing now. And like any of my content, I want it to be like helpful for you. So take it and apply it. Don't just be like, oh, so that's what Amber's doing. Like I'm, I structure it in a way that like, hopefully you can get insight or shortcuts um, for your own business. Um, because I found it very valuable to learn from people's mistakes and their thoughts and what's going on from them so that you don't have to go through like the same mistakes, right? Like that's the whole point. Um, and so I'm just going to jump in and start. If you guys have questions about what I'm sharing, um, save them for the end because I will do a Q and a, um, and we'll just jump in the five mistakes. One of the most recent mistakes for sure was that I was not giving people a reason to buy now. So some of you guys have been in the matrix for a while and I had it open for a long time and I would like tell people about it and I would like hint at it, but I never had like an open closed cart. And it's not a surprise that when I close the cart, I get like all my sales. If I look at um, when people join in my like higher, um, enrollment periods, it's when I'm closing the cart. Like I had three people join in the last hour of my launch. And so if you keep things open, it seems like it's easier to sell. But what I found is it's actually easier to sell when you give them a reason to buy now. And that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be a launch. Like what I do in my business where it's an open and close. Um, it could be a bonus is expiring. Um, an opportunity is going away. It won't be open for a while. Like some, some of you are already doing this, but if you have something on evergreen and it's not selling, you might try giving people a reason to buy now. Number two, um, for me personally, is not outsourcing soon enough. So I have like a, a flawed belief and maybe you do too, that like, I got this and I can do this. And this doesn't just show up in my business. It also shows up in my home. And so just in the past few months, I've been outsourcing. Like I have someone um, come clean my house every other week. I started handing off the newsletters that you guys get because I used to do that by myself. Um, photography, there's certain things that I just kind of thought I could do. And that was a mistake. I, I really do think that that was a mistake because if you ask most people, right, we would say like, is getting help good? We'd say yes, but then our actions prove otherwise, right? And this is like the way that our subconscious mind gets in, a, gets in our way, right? Because consciously, I would agree with you that like getting help is good, but subconsciously, like my actions were not demonstrating that. And so the clarity, the amount of time I have, um, the way I see myself in my business drastically improved when I started asking for help, AKA outsourcing. If you, have a, if you struggle with the word outsourcing, replace it with asking for help and see how that comes up for you. Um, number three was I wasn't following up with paying clients who don't show up to calls for the matrix. And this was an interesting one. So I read a book called Gym Launch Secrets. I do not have a gym business, but it taught me a lot about retention and serving clients at a really high level. And so one of the things that um, like you'll notice, like there's people not on this call today that I will be following up with and not in like a creepy way, just like, hey, I missed you. 
Um, and so I'm right now I'm working on creating a system for that. It's really interesting to figure out how to create like more like an automated, like, how do I know who wasn't there? How do I keep track of who was there? And so I'm just kind of making a mental note and then I'll write down names at the end. But like the idea is this is a real life human business. I love you guys and I care about you guys and I want you to succeed. And when I look at the people in my life who get the best results, they come to live calls. And so if you're like you guys on this call, awesome. I will be reaching out to people. Or if you're watching this replay, I will be reaching out to people who don't show up, not as like a teacher or like, hey, where are you? It's more like, hey, how are you? Like, I want you in my life. I want to support you because the people who get the best results are coming to the call. So I want you to come to the calls too. Um, so that was a big mistake that I made is just kind of assuming that they, I guess they're doing their own thing, right? Versus like having in, an invested relationship with the people. And um, obviously with other containers in my Miracle Mind and 101, I'm obviously following up. But in the matrix, it seemed like that was somewhere that I fell short. So that's definitely something that um, I'll be mitigating and making better in the future. The number four mistake. Hi, Dara. I don't know if you can hear me, but welcome. Um, number four is assuming people know what I do. And this happens a lot if you've been selling offers over and over, you just assume that people know what you do and what you offer. And what I found is that that's like a false belief. <laughs> is that like, I was joking with um, people at the, the Matrix meetup that like, you know, people like when they watch our content, they're like driving, hopefully like not, but sometimes they are, right? Sometimes they're looking at our Instagram stories while they're going potty or they're like talking to their kid or... <laughs> um they're cooking dinner right like we don't know when they're watching our content so we assume we've shared our offer so many times in the same way they're going to be tired of hearing from us but actually what's happening they're not even knowing what what we're doing right they don't even um know our offers and so you can't over talk about what your offer is why it matters who you are what you stand for all the things that we do in our marketing um so don't assume, I guess like a mistake is like, I assume people knew what I was doing. And now it's like, I just assume people don't know what I'm doing. I need to reiterate it. Think of different ways to talk about it, um, keeping them intrigued and also like explaining it and teaching. Number five, um, for me personally, it was not getting out of, outside of my industry. So I don't know if you guys, like there's like this little bubble of the online space. And what's been really helpful for me is I created a little group um, in Utah where I live with some of my friends who are business owners and we meet together every month. That's been really helpful for me to hear from people who aren't coaches, business coaches, life coaches, even though I, like, I love the space, it's been really fresh for me to get perspective from people who aren't in the industry. So one of the mistakes I made was kind of getting locked into the bubble. And the opposite of that would be like to break out of the bubble, to get new insight, to get fresh perspectives, to get like new thoughts. Some of you guys are already really good at this. I was not. And so that was definitely a mistake I made. Okay. Um, number, now we're moving on to lessons. These are good. You guys. <laughs> I have like a little notes. Um, so one of the lessons that I really learned in the past few months is that my best clients have been pontificating about what it would be like to work together. We get in our head about and doubt that people even want what we have. Right. And what I've learned in just discussion with some of my recent clients is like they had been thinking about working with me for a long time. And so that's kind of, it speaks to that idea that like, maybe it hasn't worked yet, but it is working. There are people thinking about working with you right now. And instead of imagining them being totally indifferent to you, why not imagine that they're like, oh, like 
what would it be like to work with her? Like, what, like, what could we do? Like, that sounds really cool. Like, I think that's a, a proper use of our imagination. Then like, no one cares. No one's thinking about me because I found one that there's evidence that people have been thinking about it. Um, and it would have made my experience in between of where, where I was and where I wanted to be a lot better. If I just like, imagine like they're thinking about it. Right. Um, second lesson is I get what I think about. So and this is, it seems basic, but it's really, really true that what you imagine, what you think about, what you allow your mind to dwell on becomes your current reality. So why not put things that you want to experience and like imagine kind of like what we talked about in quantum play, right? Like planting seeds in the, in the quantum field, right? We're not, we're not attached to it. We think about it and let it go. We don't try to figure out how we don't try to figure out when we just believe that it will be. And then we focus on what we can control. Um, the third lesson that I, I've been really blessed by recently that I think I will probably try to teach more about is stacking recurring payments um, creates certainty. So developing a business model where you have recurring revenue coming in. Instead, like I went through a period in my business where I only took painful clients and that was awesome. I created a lot of revenue that way, but it blocked some of that like recurring um, payment. So one of the things that you can think through about that for you is how can you get people to pay you more times? Um, and that can look a lot of different ways, look a lot of different ways, right? Like in the matrix, we have like a monthly recurring revenue. You could do a membership model. You could do payment plans. Um, you could do new offers where people are paying you multiple times. Right. Um, and that has really been interesting to see. I told Wesley, <laughs> my husband, it's like popcorn popping and it feels really fun and invigorating to see people stack. Um, and that is new in my business within this year. And so like, I don't know when I, I didn't really give a time frame for when these lessons came, but like, I feel like it's from 2022. <laughs> um, and so for me, that was really helpful to, to see that, like, that gives me certainty to know, like I can start to predict things and make decisions based on what is predictable in my business. So think through how can you make recurring payments a part of your, of your business. And this, last, this next lesson is something that I've gotten from recent clients, which is a high ticket offer that you love creates epic energy in your business. A lot of my one-on-one -on -one clients have been making shifts into higher ticket. And I think if you have a smaller audience, if, you if you're um, limited by how many people know you, right, which most of us are, a high ticket offer allows you to make a bigger income without a bigger audience, right? So if you're, cause like when I got started, I don't know if you guys are like this too, but like when I got started, I had like 200 Instagram followers or something like that. And like 20 people watching my stories, like very limited numbers. And I was like, I'm never going to be able to hit six figures like this. And then I hired a coach that was like, well, yeah, you need like a high, high ticket offer. And I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't even know that that was like a way to think. And then I found the book, The Prosperous Coach, which I, you know, I, you guys, I, I recommend that, that book a lot, but having a high ticket offer allows some of that stability. People want high touch support from you. It's also a quick way. If you find yourself in a jam to create revenue. Um, and I do believe that this can exist in all business models. So when I do the Q and A, if you're like, I don't think this is for me, like, I'd love to talk to you about what that could look like for you. Um, the next one, um, when you focus on meaning and contribution, it's easier to make more money. And this is something that like really is like a mindset internal thing. When we get in our head about no one, no one's listening to me. No one wants what I have to offer. Um, this doesn't matter. It's not working. We become very self-centered, right? And then everything becomes about us. 
And what's interesting is if you want people to sign with you, if you want to make money, right, it has to be about them. And so it literally blocks your ability to create an abundance. When we tap into the mindset of abundance, of your, when you're thinking about other people, when you're excited for what the results they're going to get, the way you speak, even subconsciously, reaches them at a different level. And so for me, focusing on meaning and contribution, thinking about you guys and what you need from me and what you want from me and how I can serve you gives me my best ideas. And then the, like, the repercussion of that is more clients, right? Because of that's just how the world works. I subconsciously reach the people that I'm meant to reach. They actually hear my message. They actually see the value of my offer because I'm not being self-centered. Okay. Um, the five things I'm doing now, this is the last little piece and then I'll open it up uh, for Q&A. I'm going to be doing limiting enrollment periods for the matrix and miracle mind um, where there's like an open cart and I'm actually adding limited spots so that I can onboard them personally. Um, like we talked about with one of my mistakes was like keeping things open forever. And that did not work for me. Having a closed cart, it's kind of scary because you're like, but I'm going to stop people from buying in the future. But actually what it does is it allows people to make a decision now. We talked about other ways to do that with bonuses or special like special reasons to buy now. So if you want to keep your um, offer open all the time, that's okay. But like think through like, why would they buy today? And what can I offer them that would make them make a decision today? Closing cart is a very powerful one. Bonuses in like, maybe you send them a gift in the mail. Maybe they get a bonus call with you. Um, anything that you make up, this is not something that just exists outside. You create this with your mind, right? Um, to get them to, to buy now. Um, the next thing that I'm doing now is making everything I do 10 times more valuable. And I'm going to actually talk about what is coming in the matrix, which is really cool. So because we're not meeting next week, I'm going to show you all the upgrades that I've been working on. And so like drum roll, please. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I've been working on two really powerful aspects of the matrix that are available for you to work through on your own time that I think are really, really valuable um, resources. One of them is the strategy files. So like how I, how I run a consultation, how I launch. Um, I'm trying to think of the other ones that are in there selling something for free which a lot of people make the mistake of believing that like, if it's free, it's easy to buy, right? Like, so how do you sell something that's free? Um, and then the inner work vault. So inner work being like breaking through an upper limit when you, how to shift out of scarcity when you're feeling, feeling it, how to feel more abundant um, when you believe it's not working. There's like a whole list of things that like, it's almost like a little library for whatever you're going through. So it's like, if you don't have access to a coach, like this is the vault for you. And I'm really excited. So I'll make that available maybe just today um, while I'm gone next week, I, if you guys want to dive into it. And I'm going to continue to add to both of those things as I see a need, but I'm really excited for it. There's like worksheets and videos and like I, I nerded out on it, but it's going to be a resource for you to work through as, as it's like fits for your business and where you're at mentally. The next thing that I'm excited for, the, the things that I'm doing is in October is the Abundant Heart, the Inner Path to Prosperity. That's what we're going to be talking about in October. And it's going to be a lot of inner work for like seeing abundance now, because that's where all abundance comes from. It really, I, it's cheesy as crap, but like it's true, right? If we want to create epic abundance in our life, we have to think and see differently. And that's come up a, a few times in our coaching calls recently. And so it's going to be the whole program in October, which I'm really excited about. So I'll be sharing more details about that soon. And then the next thing that I'm doing now is what I call like recession proofing my business. And 
this idea, I think you should all be thinking about just, I don't like to talk about external circumstances that much, as you guys know, I, I like to talk about personal power, but I think it's wise to look at like, like, if you imagine yourself as like a sailor, right, on a ship, like it's wise to know what kind of waters you're headed into. And so one of the things that it's almost like I like keep my blinders on for the most part about the economy and, and the presidency and all this stuff because it doesn't serve me to think about it. But every once in a while, it's like I, I like poke out my head, see what's going on, and then like <laughs> go back down. And um, I actually recommended um, this to a few of my clients. It's called Marketing to the Affluent. And it literally says guide to getting really rich. <laughs> and he talks about how this is how you recession proof your business is you understand how to market to affluent people. And that is a recession proof business, right? So one of the things that we're always thinking through as business owners is how do I sell to, speak to, serve, innovate for people who are willing, able, and ready to pay me today? Obviously, affluent people have money and they want things, right? They, they have their own problems. They have their own desires. And so that book was really powerful for me. I recommend if you like to read that that's a, a powerful book for you. And it, it just... Holded, like holded, <laughs> it held um, some really powerful mindset shifts for me about how I can serve affluent people better, how I can imagine them in my mind when I'm marketing. And I hope that that is something relevant for you guys. Okay. I just, I feel like I just kind of like word vomited all the things that I'm thinking about, all the things that I'm trying to rectify in my business and make better and the lessons. Um, for me, this is like a con like constantly like a work in progress, right? Like just like every human walking the earth. I'm trying to um, be better. And part of that is sometimes looking at what hasn't worked. And I wanted just to give a word of caution, if you're going to do something similar in your business, to do it with curiosity and compassion and not judgment, because when you we judge what we've done wrong, we miss the gold, right? We miss what is, what's available and the intelligence that it's available. So if you do an evaluation and you're not judging, that's when you get the insight, that's when you get the gold mine, right? It's like, you're observing with curiosity and love for your past self and using the information to make something better. Alchemy, right? Um, so I'm going to open it up for Q&A. It doesn't necessarily have to be something that I've done, but maybe something that sparked in your own mind. Like, how are you going to recession-proof your business? How are you going to improve things? How are you going to make it more valuable? Um, how can you get people to buy now if you've been kind of stalling out? Um, how can you market to the affluent? How can you be more abundant? Anything that we've talked about, I just wanted to open up for, for Q&A for things that are coming up for you guys. So does anyone have a question or anything that you want to bring up? Go ahead and just come on live. I mean, I can keep talking too, but I shared what I had prepared. <laughs> so. Okay, I'll ask a question. Hey, Dara, what's up? Um, okay, so I have, um, it's interesting like going back to like, like looking at the things that have worked in the past. 
And um, it's fascinating because like I've I feel like I'm in massive action, and I I had like three consults this week. Like things are like I they're coming, but it's just interesting to me how it's like um this this like massive action like knowing like I just keep going and I just keep doing the things that I've done in the past, but when they don't pan out, it's like how I, how they have in the past or how I thought they're going to, it's like hard to like reconcile, like keep going. But it's like, when do you do the shifting to know, like <laughs> the massive action I'm taking isn't actually panning out to how I want it. Yeah. Like they're like, you're not getting clients. Yeah. So like yesterday, even like I had this consult, which was amazing. Cause um, I just did this master class. And in the past, I would get at least like 10 clients or so for master classes. Sometimes, like, you know, sometimes I had more, sometimes I had less. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then she's like, okay, I'm all in. And then like, she hasn't paid yet. So part of me is like, okay, what, like, what did I do wrong? Um, so in some ways I feel like I'm going backwards because even just having consults again, I was like, oh, I haven't, I didn't have to have consults before. Like people just came. So, um. Yeah, it's just like finding that middle ground of like being a beginner, getting scrappy, like um, like kind of going back to the drawing board, but knowing like these are the things that worked in the past. Yep. And just that balance. Yeah, I think that that's some of that is like swallowing pride a little bit, like of acknowledging the phase that you're in, right? Um, like you said that you used to not have to do consults, and now you are doing consults. There's nothing like inherently wrong with doing consults. And so what would like, I'm like, you know, selling a different offer, mm-hmm. you know, so of course I, I should just expect that, but it's just surprising to me, like that things haven't, I haven't sold as much as I thought by now I would. And like I'm, I don't know, I just feel like I'm really open and I feel like I've like shed so much of all of that. So it's just like, I had two live calls with, um, popular quilter girl like there's all these things and I just went to a live event and it was like amazing and people people didn't it was surprised how many people knew me how many people figured they spoke to know me because like they're like you must be famous like they just had I just had that energy about me so it was just like it was really surprising to me like, huh. so do you have a belief that it's not working well yesterday I actually did have that thought I'm like it's working like it is working it's just not working at the speed, I guess, that I'm hoping, I was hoping. Yeah, I think that the idea of like a sequence is really helpful here. It's like, it is working. It's just an unfolding sequence, right? The sequence that you're in right this minute isn't where you're gonna end up. But it, you will mess up the sequence if you believe it's not working, Yeah. right? Totally. So your job is to keep keep believing it's working and keep taking the massive action. Is there anything that you feel like you're holding back from or not doing that you could be doing? evaluating a little bit more of what I'm actually doing right now like just take and I, and I even today on the call with my ladies I'm like 
I'm teaching you. So I'm doing more like intentional, like, like I call it intentional thought creation. Like how is this perfect for me? And just like really working on my belief of why this program is so much better. Yeah. Um, I haven't done that as much as I did with my one-on-one and how much I did like when I raised my prices and how I did like, so I realized that I haven't been doing that. So this morning I, I like committed to that. And um, so that's another thing that's really like a good move. Yeah. So then the other ingredient is the one that no one likes and that's time. <laughs> um, sometimes what you've done is good and it just needs more time. Yeah. And the way that like, I like to think about that is like, if I've done everything I know how to do, then I surrender and trust the timing. But if there's something that like, I'm like, I could be doing this, that the timing doesn't matter, right? If, if it's still within my control to do something, I do it. But if I've done everything within my control, then it's just trust. So Darren, I'm going to ask you a hard question, but on a level of like one to 10, how much are you trusting that it's working? Um, I think that's where I, I do struggle in that. I feel like I'm supposed to, yeah, I've been, I feel like I'm supposed to do it all. Like, and that's, that is a hard one for me. Like, and I have been working on trusting like the universe, trusting, um, cause I had a situation where one of my former clients was at this booking event and it was just like the miracle of all of it. Like she's not from the States. I mean, not from Utah. I'm not from Canada. He ended up in the same room. Yeah. One of them. It was a huge room. There was lots of people and then we moved our seats up and she was literally two doors, two seats down. I've never met her in person, but I saw a Facebook post with her wearing a pink shirt and this lady, she was wearing a pink shirt there, like the exact shirt. Like I was able to connect with her and it was like a miracle. Like yeah. it was like we were putting the, and I, and I, you know, it was like so heartfelt and I was like, okay, well you need to be in the, you know, do you, do you believe like this is meant to be? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she came and saw me the next day and I'm like, so are you in? And she's like, no, I just don't understand. So it was like one of those things where I like was so excited and I just felt like so guided and I felt so like I'm in trust of all of it. And then it's like, and then she, but I mean, she, she could turn around like in five minutes and say, you know what? I am going to do it. Yep. But I think that's where I just get a little bit like hit the wall a little bit and going like, oh, I guess I need to work harder because even when I do have these miracles or these things are happening and the universe like conspires in all of our favors, it's like, you know, like, so that's, I think that's where I'm feeling a little. Yeah. Well, I have a few thoughts. One, most people, most people quit before the miracle. Most people give up before the miracle because the miracle requires so much faith, right? Almost like to the level of certainty that you, it's just a matter of time that this is going to happen. Um, and even in like the darkest moments when it doesn't look like it and you still believe that's when it usually happens. Um, and then the next thing that I'm going to offer is more of like a technical thing. We get hung up and this is for true for all of us. Like when we get a no and we feel emotional about it. And I learned this from Grant Cardone. He's like a very masculine, like salesperson. He's like, your pipeline just wasn't full enough. If that one no makes or breaks you. And I really like to think through that. Like if I get a no and feel rejected, it's simply because I haven't created enough conversations in my world. And um, I really like that because then it puts it back in my court, right? Like I have control of how many people I'm talking to, how many people I'm inviting to calls, how many people are, you know, messaging me, things like that. Um, 
so that's something that might maybe you play with like how could I get more people in my pipeline what would that look like like you mentioned maybe reaching out to new followers but I think the bigger piece is like the trust like what would it be like to let go and really believe that people are being prepared to work with you right now For a, like one of my mentors says, we go first and the universe responds. And I really like that. Um, in general, we are, we're the leading people in our businesses, right? Our, sometimes our audience is like watching and waiting to see what we do to know how they respond to us. And you can take that however you want, but like, I'm curious, where is your leadership in your business? Like, where can you show up stronger in the lead, as like the leading energy? And if, but like, I don't mean that as like something's for sure missing. It's like, Maybe you are already showing up as the leader. Well, even even today in my in my group uh, or membership, I, I said to them, like, you know, it's hard for me to transition from being a one-on-one coach to a group to this. I said, but but really it's all about like teaching like believing that you can do this more. Like I I said it a little nicer than that. But essentially it was like, I need to trust these women more. I I'm taking too much of their results on me. Yep. And I'm doing the same thing with my business, right? Yep. I'm trying to do that. So that was like a really big realization. And then the coaching I did today in the group was way different because it was like the whole time I'm like, I trust you to find the answers. She kept saying, I don't know. And I said, no, actually we do. Let's take a guess. Yeah. And I really felt that shift in my own energy, in my coaching, because it wasn't like, I need to, like, I need to, um, you know, I need to help them so that I need to help them or it's like I need to help them learn to help themselves yes a huge shift and so I can feel like that's already happening because it's happening in my self-coaching it's happening there so that was yeah. really really helpful yeah that's awesome I think that's a good business um principle to live by for all of us is like we believe in people in their power they don't need our hand holding they don't need us to save them they need us to walk with them while they you know do the work um and that makes us different right? Because then they can feel that we believe in them. It's not like you need me. It's like, no, like you've chosen me to help you remember how powerful you are. You did that. Um, the, the example that I read in a book is like the knight pulling out a sword, right? Like, okay, was it the sword or was it the knight's choice in tool, right? We are the client's tool. We are not doing it for them. They chose us as part of their journey. It's on them. They're creating the results. So, cause they're powerful. So I love that. Yeah. And the thought might be like, it's working with that like excited energy, but detaching from, but what if it doesn't work? Right. Like don't, it's like, it's really, it's like, I think I use the word like mental hygiene. Like you're like not going to engage in the doubt. And as soon as you do like pull the plug, like we're not going to fuel that thought. We're going to fuel the thought of my clients are coming. Is it this one? Is it this one? They're coming. It's just a matter of time. Thanks, Tara. Okay, Rebecca, I just saw your uh, 
on the chat, my baby's loud, but I would love to know what you personally have done to market better to affluent clients in your target audience. So I don't think you're going to like my answer, but most of it has been cleaning up my thoughts and beliefs about people having money. Um, that's where it started. And that like either they have the money or they will create the money to work with me. And what's interesting about this is it might show up differently than you imagine. Like I have had people work with me. Who's like, like, how, how did you know? <laughs> um, like I've had people work with me that like their money, like the way that, like I had someone that was like, I sold Bitcoin to work with you. I had someone sell a boat and was like, both of those are true stories. Like I've had people like do epic things to be able to work together. And I know that it's weird, but like, I know I created them in my mind because I believed in their power. Like what I just shared with Dara and their ability to come up with the money to work with me. And I don't need to know how or when that was a big thing. I detached from people. Um, I literally just had a lady pay me because I was being coached by you. Congrats, Dara. That is so awesome. Um, that is, that is so awesome. Um, but anyway, like our thoughts really do create our reality. And that is not a woo statement. I just have too much evidence against it being like out there. I really believe in people and their power and their ability to have money. So one of the things that is interesting is both of those situations, like they weren't necessarily affluent, but they had access to money. And so it doesn't necessarily mean your whole business has to be selling to rich people. But you have to believe that the people you are selling to have the resources or the strength, the inner commitment to come up with the resources to work with you. And I like one of the things that I think is interesting, why wouldn't you believe that? Why wouldn't you believe that people have the money to pay you? Because when you believe the opposite, you're not going to sell to them. You're going to feel manipulative, right? Like if you imagine people are broke and struggling and you're like, Hey, like my coaching thing is $5,000. Like you should work with me. That's not going to feel good. Right. And so seeing people in their power, seeing them in like the commitment to their own growth and results that they want, um, is really powerful. The other thing that I got is from a book called the ultimate coach. And it's just like this little um, anecdotal story that he, they're sharing. And someone was like, you charge 200, this man charges $200,000 to work with them. They're like, you charge $200,000. So really like, I could never pay that. Like, could you give me a discount? And he looked at him and he was like, I would never devalue you like that. He made it about his power. Like you can make $200,000 to work with me. And I believe in you. It doesn't like, I'm not going to discount you because that would devalue how powerful I see you. And that story really stood out to me. So when people have, you know, money issues, I never want to say, oh, it's okay. Like, I'm going to do a special thing for you because it's validating their story that they're not powerful. And I believe in people in their power. So part of marketing to the affluent clients is also just seeing people in their power. Um, but in general, also, one of the things that's really helped me is like eliminating what I think people pay me for has been really helpful. Like, I used to think people are going to hire me to help them be rich. And that's like an interesting thought. Like I'm going to help them build their business. But a lot of my one-on-one -on -one clients have hired me for a different reason. And that's like um, intimate, deep conversations, exploring with their belief systems, um, believing in them themselves. Again, I've walked people through almost being divorced and, and hard family situations and business stuff too. But I think if I limited why people hired me as to one reason, I would have blocked other people from, from hiring me. And so I don't know if that's helpful, but like 
re, like eliminating what you think people will hire you for and just knowing you have an amazing offer and letting them decide why it's worth hiring you has been really helpful for me. Okay, any other questions? Anyone else want to jump on and ask something or clarification from anything that I just said is fine too. Dara, I really love that someone paid you as you're being coach. That is, that is so cool. <laughs> Um, while you guys are deciding if you guys want to come on, I'm going to share some of the thoughts that I have too that have served just to continue what Rebecca asked is like, I don't, I don't think through the lens, because this is, this is hard, right? When we are struggling financially, it's easy to see our business through the lens of our struggle. And we literally don't like, we can't see past how other people spend money. And so we subconsciously speak to our own limitations over and over and over again. And so one of the beliefs that I, that I have is that like people just have money and that's even when I didn't have money, I believe that. And so even if that's, that's like the little pebble you drop is like people have money right now. And it's true that they do. Your job is just to put an offer in front of them. that's valuable for them. And what's interesting in this book, which I like, I really hope you guys read it really good. Um, one of the things he talks about is that rich people want different things, right? They want connection. They want peace of mind. They want convenience. Um, when you are in a struggle, and I've been there, so this isn't judgment, when you need to make money, right? That's what you think everyone else wants, <laughs> right? Everyone wants to make money, but the affluent don't, right? Like they have different struggles. They have different desires. And so what's cool is you don't have, have to have money yourself to actually earn their trust and earn their business, you just have to put something that's valuable in front of them. They're like, this is awesome. I want this. Because in general, he shares a lot of statistics in the book. Like rich people pay for things that don't always like make sense. Like a 500, he like quotes examples, like a $500 cigar or pants that cost $500. Like when you have your own limiting beliefs about money, you wouldn't, you can't even access that as an offer. And so expanding your mind, reading books about wealth consciousness, getting around wealthy people, um, learning from wealthy people is really helpful because you are limited by your mind, which is why we coach, right? And the more you can expand into what other people might think about, it's really helpful to adopt those thoughts. Anyway, little, little caveat. Okay, does anyone else want to um, ask a question about anything that we've discussed so far? I have a question to kind of piggyback off of that, Amber. Yeah. The, the people in my audience generally don't have that kind of a mindset. And so what can I do to help empower the people in my audience to, to gain that kind of an audience? So I just feel like, read these books or like, yeah. here's some content that I can teach you to help hopefully like start to instill those kinds of beliefs or like, what would, what would you do? Yeah. I mean, what you could do one, I would start talking about it. Right. One of the things that content is for is to is to overcome objections at least that's how I see it so like helping them change their mind and you could do this in a free masterclass in your content um a webinar like a pdf that you create for them for free like anything to help them change their mind um is helpful sharing resources as, as you guys know I share books like all the time because they serve me that could be the start like hey five books to help you change your money mindset um and coaching Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> helping them change their brain 
I know that you have little, so I don't know if you can um, tell me what you think about coaching, but I'd love to hear your thoughts <laughs> um, about if coaching is something that you see. I'm here. I am <laughs> trying. I know. I know you have I'm kids. processing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know that I, like, I have a lot of my audience specifically, like, and I know exactly what they're thinking. Cause I used to think the same way of like, oh my gosh, if I raise the price of my, my crocheted will be $5. No one will buy it. Like it's, yeah. their mindset beliefs are like, they, a lot of them come from like, and still live in like a, a right. feeling or a, or a true scare, like a true lack where like, there's like literally <sighs> that make me feel like there's not enough money. Yeah, exactly. And like, and the way that they approach their business is totally reflective of that. Cause like, oh my gosh, if I raise my prices, no one's going to be able to afford this anymore. And it's like, no, $5 to affluent people is like, they aren't even going to notice, no. but you coming at it from the angle of your business, you feel like that's going to like totally break everything, but it's just, it, yes. anyway, it's an interesting mindset shift. So I am sort of playing with different ideas of ways that I can teach them. Yep teach the people in my audience that kind of a mindset even better I'm going to give you one right now and for all of you guys on this call um this is a really powerful sales technique so let's see let me pull it up because I wrote it down <laughs> um so this is what I do like you guys even might have noticed I use this um in some of my emails when I'm when I'm selling so it's it's from that book that I mentioned. This is not my own, but um, it's from Gym Launch Secrets by Alex Ramosi, and it's a belief-breaking formula. And so the formula is say what they believe. So like Kaylin, to use you as an example, it would be like, they believe that the cheap is best, right? Like the, the, if it, the cheaper the product, the more likely it is going to sell. And then say why it's wrong. <laughs> so it's wrong because actually people don't value cheap things, right? How many things that get thrown away? How many things when it's not super expensive, you don't care, take care of it. You don't really value it. And then the next piece is say what is right. And so for you, it's like, no, actually like the more expensive you can make a thing, make a thing, the more valuable it is to other people, the more they take care of it, the more they treasure it, the more they share it on social media, um, say why it is right. And then show proof. So that might be you using um, your own example. Like I actually have a, a really good example. So I have a, a client that sells an app and does like a higher ticket mastermind. And she's like, it's so easy to sell my mastermind. Like, I don't really understand. <laughs> um, like the app's only like $50. My mastermind's like $5,000. I don't get it, but like, I'll take it. Right. And this, this is evidence of that, right? People value it because it's perceived as more valuable because of the higher price. And so for you, Kaylin, it's gonna be like walking them through this. This could be in a post, this could be in an email, this could be on a consult, this could be in a reel. Like you can, you can expand this framework big, um, but a lot of people, they can't, like they can't see past their own beliefs and this kind of helps break that belief. Does that make sense? So all of you guys can use this. Like, what do they believe right now? Why that? Why is that wrong? What is right? Why is it right? And then show evidence through testimonials or case studies. Hopefully that was helpful. That's what I would do. And yeah, then, I love that. I screenshotted that. Thanks oh, for that. Yeah. Um, because I think 
for me, that's what I love about content is like, it allows me to help people shift their mind before we ever start working together. Right. Like hopefully people have different thoughts about money and business by the time that they come into one of my containers, hopefully they see how investing in themselves is different than they used to. And so the same thing is true for you. Like for a lot of, I know for a lot of your audience, specifically for Kaylin, but for all of you guys, they can't see past their limiting belief. That's why it's like a belief, right? Like they, they think it's true, right? That investing is risky. Um, it's not worth it. No one's going to pay for expensive items, whatever their limitations are, like they really believe them. And so your job is to show them evidence that one, their beliefs are wrong, lovingly, right? We, we love them and you're wrong. <laughs> um, and then help challenge them at the level of thought, not just at the level of doing. So thinking through, well, I don't value things that are cheap. Interesting. Like, I don't care about the toys that I got from McDonald's, right? I don't take care of those, but I really care about that $150 thing my grandma got my kids, right? Or whatever. Um, it's just interesting to see. And examples is a really, I, I really like telling stories about clients because it's like, it's easier than just me teaching theory. It's like, let me show you how this actually looks, which is the fifth piece of that framework of showing proof. Okay, anyone else? That was um, good, thank you, Caitlin. Anyone else have a question or clarification? One of the mistakes that I almost talked about was um, oh, like the idea of like overselling or um, doing more than I think I need to do. So this is, this is always, almost always true. Like it's still, it takes more than you think it will. And so if you're at a place where you're like, it's not working or like there's something else, like sometimes it takes more than you anticipate. And so for me, like it doesn't, I don't make it mean anything wrong when I'm not there yet. It's like, okay, like I just have more to do instead of being like, I'm flawed human, <laughs> right? People don't like me. This is bad. Um, my offer is not good enough. No one cares. It's like, no, you just haven't actually exercised enough willpower in the marketplace. And that looks like content, selling, relationships, collaborations, um, new offers, keeping your audience engaged, all of those things contribute to your effort and willpower. Um, but like, as you guys know, like, it's not just about the effort. It's about what's fueling the effort, the energy that you bring to it. So when I feel like something's not working, I start with that abundance shift, right? Like that I have enough, um, that everything's working. What else needs to be done? What else is within my control and letting that abundant feeling, that belief fuel that action because it usually takes more than I think it's gonna take. I underestimate it. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure that you guys all have evidence of that in your own business and life, right? You think it's gonna take two weeks, it takes three weeks. You think it's gonna take 10 calls to action, it takes 20, <laughs> right? Um, so it doesn't mean nothing's wrong, it just means like, keep going. Okay, any other thoughts, questions, clarification? examples that you want. Okay, so then just to remind you guys, I'm, you'll get an email, but the strategy files in the inner vault will be available. I'm just gonna make it available tonight. 
um, because we're not meeting next week. I'm taking my family to Disney World and I'm really excited. Um, and so we will meet again in October. In October, we are going to do the Abundant Heart, um, which is like a lot of work around money and abundance and prosperity and seeing rich people a certain way, kind of like what we talked about today with the affluent people, seeing people in their power, seeing you in your power and able to make money, um, lots of money mindset and, and, uh, overflow and business talk. So I'm really excited. And, um, the doors to the matrix will be opening up in October too. So if you have any friends, tell them, um, and other than that, you guys, thanks for coming today. If you guys have any other questions, like feel free to put it in the Facebook group that you guys are a part of as well. Um, just wanted to throw that out there in case you forgot. And yeah, any final questions before I click end meeting? Okay, then I'll see you guys next week. Okay, or not next week. I will not see you next week. I will see you um, in October. <laughs> okay, bye you guys. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Coaching Matrix private podcast. I just wanted to tell you, thank you for being a member. Thank you for being here. I hope you found today's episode helpful for your life and for your business. And I want you to know that I am cheering you on and I will see you in another episode. Bye.